the Spanish announce table. All right, we are back here again. Spanish announce table, episode 284. Tom, a lot going on in everybody's life. What is going on in yours? Well, uh, I'm ga- I think I might sound different on this week's uh, podcast episode because I'm having to record in a different area of the house uh, because uh, our basement flooded. We had eight and a half inches of rain in the great city of Kansas City, Missouri, and uh, because of that, uh, we have a, a a stone basement, and when the ground gets too wet, it seeps into the basement. And all my fun things uh, got wet. So my PlayStation got wet. Had to put, pick that up. I had to pick up my TV set. Had to move my chairs. Had to move my bench. Did had you to just say your PlayStation every- got wet? Mm-hmm. Yep. Tom, what are you going to do? Ground. Well, I'm not going to play PlayStation Tom, for a you, little like, bit. Oh, are, it, Yeah. Have you not eaten? unable to test no it? i i'm doing one of those things like you know when you know like uh uh what would be a good example like you know when you ding the door when you like open up your car door oh, yeah. and you're like mm-hmm. ah actually it'll be fine if i just go into the store i come back nothing ever happened. happened right right yeah I'm you're doing not that gonna try to play that playstation till like next week right just let it yeah. sit there yeah yeah, like, yeah. No, i might even yeah. i might even auto correct it and just sit it in the sun for a little bit tomorrow and then mm-hmm. see if that works right you know no, one no, of those things <laughs> Rice? You got any rice? Uh, yeah, so uh, I might sound a little different uh, this week because I'm recording in a different area of the house. Um, Are so you up in Shango's library? I am. I'm back in the library. I'm looking at all my fun books. Still currently reading Shamrock, The World's Most Dangerous Man, written by Jonathan Snowden. Uh, really I good book. I am still reading Daniel Bryan's book. Yeah. Are you reading? Are you reading it or are you just you know looking what? at it? Um, I, I do look at it occasionally and I'm like, ah, Tom gave me that book years ago. Probably yeah, was year it two years plus? ago. No. Yeah, I think I think it was going on, too. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm you in the library. You came to the house and I didn't give it back to you. I know. You You said I, I'm still reading. I said, hey, all right. No. Slow reader, but that's OK. <laughs> yeah, it takes uh, me yeah, a while. I mean, it takes me a while. I, and it I, does. I, hey, that's okay. You want to retain the information. The yeah, I've got yeah. to like check a dictionary a couple times a page, right? No more than well, five. And you want, you want it to stick with you. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to just read a book and then say, hey, what did you think about chapter two eight years from now? You want to know how you feel about chapter two eight years from now. So I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm well, with you on that. He follows a span of several years and months in the book. Uh, so So am I. Exactly. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Grow with him as mm-hmm. he goes throughout his journey. Exactly. You're going it throughout hits yours. when you experience it at the same rate. I like it. That's uh-huh. a great idea. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah so I'm just, uh, uh, you know, experiencing the first small flood of uh, 2020 for us here uh, in the Papashango uh, castle. And then um, just getting by, man. I had a great last weekend. It was uh, capped off with uh the stadium stampede which we'll get into which was a part of double or nothing um also watched a really good documentary uh it was the first part of a two-part series uh of lance armstrong very interesting i did not realize uh how good he was before all Mm. of the epo steroids and all of that and i didn't realize how much of a uh badass he was uh as a teenager so that was pretty interesting as well. 
Um, so yeah, just taking in as much entertainment as possible to distract myself from reality. And, uh, that's about it. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. You got to distract yourself from reality. Um, sometimes, which is what we can hope to provide here. Uh, at least for as long, uh, as uh, the president doesn't shut us down by executive order, but that's another story. Uh, we are here now still, uh, hopefully you're hearing this as uh, the Spanish announced table. Um, I, uh, we this weekend t- took some of the dogs to the lake. Uh, there's a local uh, county lake nearby. I don't want to give everyone my exact coordinates, Tom, but uh, uh, you know, occasionally, you know, we live out here on the ranch, but we still like to get out and about. So we took a couple of the dogs mm-hmm. that are, you know, taking all five is a little rough, but me and the wife took uh, three of our dogs out to that lake and just kind of walked around, just leased them up and kind of went out and saw the nature a little bit for a while, right? We did that one weekend day, and that was other than that, we've been gardening and getting fixed up and just trying to, uh, Pay attention, but also ignore reality. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, know what helped? Sure, you know it. what helped with that was double or nothing. And boy, I, you, you want to kick off? Like, I mean, the emotion you felt from double or nothing. So here's the thing. This is how much fun I was having watching double or nothing. Now, uh, I will give uh, a little foreshadowing, though. Um, Dynamite. Not my favorite episode of Dynamite, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Focusing in on double or nothing. Uh, I was having so much fun that there were so many entertaining things that I experienced watching this pay-per-view that I actually started a notes on my phone and I went back to the first match and I was like, okay, let's remember all this stuff. Cause I want to talk about it on the podcast. So I have notes on every match from the main card. Cause, uh, the, the, you know, buy-in or the pre-show with, yep. uh, best friends and private party. Very good. But I was, you know, I wasn't going to go back that far because I was already in the middle of the pay-per-view. But yeah, I got notes of the ladder match to MJF and Jungle Boy. Uh, the emotions that I felt, it's just, it was so fun. It just made me feel good. Like, not to say WWE has never made me feel good, right? WrestleMania 30 was a great experience. Sure. Uh, there have been other amazing matches, you know, SummerSlam, AJ Styles, John Cena, uh, the the squash match with Brock Lesnar and John Cena, AJ Styles and Undertaker at this past uh, WrestleMania with that Boneyard match. So I'm not trying to say like I've never felt this before, but a thorough from the start to the finish pay-per-view. I, know I haven't felt this way since like WrestleMania Probably 30, honestly. WrestleMania 30 was the last time I had this much fun watching a wrestling pay-per-view. I know what it is, Tom. It felt much like the Spanish announce table does each week. It felt Mm -hmm. like something WWE hasn't felt like since, you know, I'd say regularly the Attitude Era and like maybe most recently uh, the end of, uh, you know, or maybe mid of the um, Ruthless Aggression Era is it felt like a party the entire time you know what i mean it felt like you were having a great time things were going on everybody was into it like it was going off without a hitch now maybe some of that comes in the idea that they were able to control all of that right the crowd is there but they also don't seem to be giving their crowd a script so maybe that's not a thing I mean, it was just fun you know what i mean like it was just fun and a party the entire time Well, and I think the other thing that made it very enjoyable for me is they hit on a lot of different notes. So it wasn't just uh, comedy wrestling, right? Where it was just 
you know, Orange Cassidy in every single match. I love Orange Cassidy, but if Orange Cassidy type character was in every single match, I would just be like, okay, let's get to something here. But the great mix of an old school, like 1970s, 1980s heel versus babyface with MJF and Jungle Boy then goes into, uh, you know, a, gr- a great uh, tag match that they had uh, that then goes into and I'm jumping around here. But then you also had some comedy and real violent spots in a ladder match. Then the stadium stampede, which had, you know, your your sense of uh, this is a Wild West fist fight. But then the absurdity of you know, challenging a two count. Like, so they hit on so many different notes to where I laughed. I giggled. I also was like into it. Cause it felt serious. You know, the John Moxley, uh, Brody Lee match didn't really have much comedy into it. Right. It felt like an old school bam, bam, Bigelow versus Taz kind of match from ECW. So it was really good to play on all of these, a different, different emotions. It wasn't just, this is serious wrestling where the bell rings and we go for a collar and elbow. And boy, I tell you what, this is what it's about, but it wasn't also, you know, a clown show with 15 doinks coming out from the underneath the ring. So I, I really loved, liked how they placed the card. And then also, uh, all of the, the different uh, emotions I experienced throughout it too. So that was another big reason of why I liked it so much. Yeah, I agree with that too. Like everything felt unique, right? Nothing felt like, oh, didn't we see this match an hour ago? Um, yeah, or or oh, we're just gonna go with the squash match here, or oh, we're going for the piss break. Nothing felt like a piss break to me. You know right, what I mean? I was Nothing surprised felt like at some of the results. Like we weren't able to predict some of these so easily. You know what I mean? We can get into that, but like um, it was just again, like I said, everything and it. Yeah, like when I said uh, it felt like a party, it wasn't like always like, hey, here we go, everything's fun, right? But like it just felt like a destination event mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah, right. definitely. I agree. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but speaking of the picks, a little fire and ice action that we had from last episode. Yeah. You want to fill yeah, the folks in? Yeah, you're the ice, discussing? I'm the fire. Yeah, so we did uh, picks, and we're going to do this with the AEW pay-per-view specifically, just because WWE has so many pay-per-views monthly uh, that it's starting to just become a little bit of, uh, yeah, more than monthly. And so it just feels uh, too repetitive, too many rematches that we don't really want to pick, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, With AEW, their their cadence of pay-per-views gives it enough time to breathe, uh, so the picks are a little bit more impactful, we think. Uh, and so we also added stakes to that. Uh, so uh, we'll go through that here now. Uh, but the stakes are if I win, then Tim has to do essentially uh, the same action as the ice bucket challenge um, where he dumps cold water ice onto himself out in a field, I assume. And then if Tim wins, then I have to uh, put the uh, bomb sauce. And if you've ever seen the hot one show with uh, Sean Evans, Uh, You'll understand how spicy this hot sauce is. I have to put that on some type of food and eat it. Uh, Both of our punishments will be recorded and or uh, streamed live. We'll figure that out here in a little bit. Uh, But uh, yeah, so I have to eat the the bomb sauce or Tim has to experience the ice bucket challenge. So uh, you want to just kick it off with the very first match? Well, yeah, let's do it. We did, uh, the buy-in uh, saw the best friends uh, defeating Private Party, um, which we both picked best friends. So this was kind of a wash, right? It's one-to-one at this point in our picks. But um, 
the best friends are fun. I'll give them that. Uh, you know, like it, this was a good way to just kind of warm up and be like, all right, I'm getting into this. Uh, private parties, good too. Although one of them got injured on Dynamite, if I'm not right. We may flow a little in and out of some fallout with Dynamite, right? Didn't Is that who got injured? Yeah, yeah, I believe, I believe, uh, I'm not sure who, because obviously I'm not looking at it live, right. but uh, one of them uh, suffered a knee injury. So, um, yeah, unfor- although that could have been a work. It could have been a work because if you realize something, uh, private party guy goes down with a knee injury, Matt Hardy kind of breaks kayfabe to show how real this is, right? And helps him uh, walk to the back, which then leaves the Young Bucks by themselves. And that then leads to Butcher and the Blade comes out, which then leads to FTR making their debut. So if Matt yeah. Hardy's out there, you know, could have been. I mean, it did. It did seem. I. I almost took that to mean that like Matt Hardy was finally stepping in because nobody else seemed to know what the hell to do. Um, now if that was but all that the work. Be, great. If yeah. that was the work. Great because then they worked me because it was clear. Like the guy was like, uh, and then the guy was like, had to like, whisk, you know, he's like, yeah, hey, fucked up over here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, go on, do something. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, maybe. I, kudos to them if that was a work. Um, right. But but and, anyhow, you know, with. Yeah, with this buy-in match, going back to the pay-per-view, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a good reward for the best friends to do all of that work while the quarantine was going down. You know, I don't know if they chose to be in that spot or uh, they just happened to be, you know, right place, right time. But they did a lot of great work to make those Dynamite shows watchable through the uh, pandemic and, you know, 15 shows recorded in one day kind of stuff. Uh, so I thought that for them to do all of that work during that time, this was their reward to get a win uh, at double or nothing. And yeah, private party's really good to me. Their, their move set takes so much precision and timing yeah. that it, it gets a little like, Oh, the guy needs to put his head to the right for this move to work. And why would he put his head to the right? You know, it has a little bit of the spot monkey to it, but they're young. Uh, I do like their gimmick. Their gimmick is cool, uh, but I, I like that best friends one. Can I say about that style, though? One of the things that I hate most about watching an, an entering match right, going on is when the guy has to fake stand there and wait for the move or the impact, right? And the timing mm-hmm. is off and he's got to like, oh... I mean, I was just punching the guy, and all he did was hit me once, but now I'm so staggered, right? Like, yeah. I wouldn't move out of the way at all. Like, um, uh, And you're right, this style of wrestling that Private Party does makes that the whole match, right? The whole match, unless, mm-hmm. like, you're working with somebody who knows exactly what you're doing where, which is hard, uh, it, it comes off as that. It's like, hey, this is too scripted for you guys to not be as good actors, right? I guess? I don't know. Right. Yeah, I agree. All right, so... The next match was uh, this kicked off with the casino ladder match for the future AEW World Championship match. Um, this was fucking amazing. Uh, Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Joey Janela filling in for who was it that got hurt? Um, uh, Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix, uh, which was a big storyline that they were going to hang on. Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, uh, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, Jimmy Havoc, and Penelope Ford are ringside getting involved. And then Brian Cage shows up with Taz who eventually, you know, Brian Cage wins this thing. Um, this was one of the best things I'd seen in a long time. And I was like, okay, if this is all I saw, the the, the whole night was worth it. Um, Orange Cassidy spots were hilarious. Um, Joey Janela, like, coming out the gate was fun to watch. Uh, the SCU 
uh, you know what I mean? Like little seeds that they were planting there. All of this was great, man. Uh, Luchasaurus, you know what I mean? Throwing dudes around. Brian Cage throwing dudes around. All of it was great. What did you think? Yeah, so here's my notes because I started my my notes with this match. Uh, Darby Allen is insane. That spot jumping off the ladder with the skateboard to go through another ladder, but yeah. obviously the guy didn't uh, moved and he wasn't there. That was incredible. And this is what I'm talking about with the whole pay-per-view of it hits a lot of different notes, right? So that could have been just your one big spot. This is a serious match. You know, all these guys are going, you know, 100% for the win, right? But then they go into Orange Cassidy, like you said, walking out. He first walks to the the commentary oh, booth and says, how do you win this match? <laughs> and they said, Tony Khan has explained this to you hundreds of times. And he was so disgusted that that was actually how you win the matches. You have to yeah. climb up the ladder. I love how Excalibur was like mad. Damn it, Orange. Well, because then it, it, it made you feel like everyone knew Orange wasn't paying attention this yeah. entire time. And, it, yep, it comes to, you know, it comes to fruition right here where he just totally botches how to win this well, match. And so then he comes in. <laughs> yeah, well, he comes in and he tries to reach for it. And it's, that's obviously not going to work. And then, yeah, he opens the ladder the wrong way. Like he lays it down on its side to then open it. And he's like, well, that doesn't work. Then he just stands on a ladder that's laying on the ground. Yeah. All of his stuff was really well done. Uh, and then what else did I have well, here? When he was on I, the back of Brian Cage and Brian Cage is just like, fuck it. And he just well, yeah. And, and so uh, Emily uh, watched this with me because I was like, hey, I think this is going to be a pay-per-view you're going to like. Because, you know, sometimes I, I don't necessarily hate watch WWE, but I just endure it to get through like, OK, I know what happens. Right. But I was like, I think you're going to like AEW. So she wanted to watch just a little bit of it with me. And as Brian Cage was climbing up the ladder and orange Cassidy was on his back. She was like, this would be the perfect way for orange Cassidy to win. Just yeah. climbing, just holding on, uh, you know, onto his back to grab, to, to, to grab I thought the, that's uh, where they were I going. Was, uh, yeah. At first. And, and they could have, and I would have loved that. You know what I mean? Like that could have easily been the finish and that would have been a hundred percent the right answer. Uh, but Brian cage, yeah, comes out, rips that fucking ladder apart just <laughs> as he's walking out. Like Jesus I'm, Christ. I'm half, I'm half uh, inclined to believe that wasn't gimmicked either. I think he just legit yeah. ripped that thing apart. Yeah. And he I love the placement. <laughs> yeah. And I love the placement of him coming out because that's when Darby Allen was climbing the ladder. So that obviously, you know, ties into what Taz was trying to tell, talk to Darby Allen about here's where, you know, he wasn't listening to Taz. Well, then Taz is going to get someone to kick his ass. And then, yeah, they used Brian Cage to to get a lot of good shit in, right? So then everyone realized, like, this is the badass in the match. So they tried to uh, pile on all the different chairs and, and you know, all the, uh, basically all the furniture they could find on top of them. That didn't work. Him and Luchasaurus had a good back and forth with athleticism hey, for hey, how big about they that, were. When they piled all the stuff on Cage, um, I think uh, I got worked for a little bit on that poker chip. They legit made me think that thing was super heavy and it took four or five of them to bring it over. But then I was like, they wouldn't just throw that on top of him then. <laughs> like, I was like, he couldn't get out of there. Like, it took me a second. I was like, oh, those motherfuckers were. <laughs> well, and I thought, uh, I can't remember who it was. And maybe it was Scorpio Sky suplexing or body slamming. Uh Darby Allen or maybe Joe Janela, but they did that on the furniture. And I think they forgot that Brian cage was underneath it. Cause like his yeah. leg kicked out pretty hard. And I was like, 
they might have forgot that he was under there. Uh, so yeah, I thought I thought Brian Cage had enough good moments with everyone to to say like I'm a legitimate guy here. I'm not just you know one guy feuding with Darby Allen, yeah, and just or I'm not just over everyone's eyes and just right exactly. So I legit beat the uh, shit out of everybody. Right, he he legitimately had you know, an altercation with all, all, all guys involved in the match. And then, yeah, uh, to, to your point, the SCU thing where they both climbed up the ladder, they were both going for the, the poker chip. And then if you go to, uh, well, Dynamite, thinks, um, Scorpio sky hit him in the back. I don't know if you caught that moment. Like, cause somebody else hit him in the back of the chair and then Scorpio sky came and took the chair. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Kazarian mm-hmm. turns around and he's like, what? And then like, they just had to break it real quick, you know, because like something else like came in, somebody started attacking them, but I was like, Oh, they're going to play on that later. Well, and fast forward to Dynamite as we're going to kind of just, you know, mm-hmm. flow through Double or Nothing and Dynamite. One. Yeah. Uh, SCU loses again on yeah. Dynamite and you see a little bit of, you know, not embracing each other and, hey, we'll get them next time. It was more Scorpio Sky looking at Kazarian like, what in the fuck am I doing with this guy? Now, maybe I'm reading more into it than I because I want Scorpio Sky to be a top guy. That's just my feeling. I think he's championship material so maybe i'm wanting that but i found it interesting that they showed the dissension in the latter match because it was every man for himself so that makes sense but then they had him lose which then could cause more friction with the hey you lost the match well you hit me in the back uh with a chair during the latter match you know what i mean like we can build on those things so uh, i thought that was interesting but yeah the latter match as far as a kickoff uh was awesome and yeah orange cassidy brian cage Joey Janela, Darby Allen, uh, and then the friction between SCU, uh, just 10 out of 10 for me. It was, it was a great, uh, ladder match. Well, I agree. And we both picked it wrong because we didn't know Brian Cage was going to be in the match. Um, and so I picked Darby Allen, you picked Scorpio Sky. Uh, so we're still at one, one on that one. Then we moved into MJF with Wardlow defeating jungle boy although i thought for up until the end that jungle boy was going to win it uh, as i was watching it and this is where we differed i did pick mjf and you picked jungle boy uh but yeah uh this match uh, you already kind of touched on it uh classic in ring um bigger heel versus you know like white meat uh you know smaller baby face gets the you know what i mean like but uh, the heel ends up winning on this one. But, I mean, just classic. Like, they didn't need a whole lot of bells and whistles. They played, you know, the, the standard old school tricks in this one. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought, first off, MJF is the best asshole in pro wrestling. Yeah, like absolutely. It's, it, it's, it's very reminiscing now, reminiscent of different vibe, but of Bully Ray and TNA, right? Where it's like, that guy's an asshole, and I don't like him. I think I like watching him, right? Like the segments he's on, I want to make sure I'm not missing, but I don't like that guy. And obviously MJF is playing, you know, the kiss, the ring pinky ring kind of thing. And bully Ray was more of like a bikers, like that aces and eights kind of vibe, but same kind of asshole where it's like, fuck that guy, but I'm not missing this segment. Uh, and yeah, the match style was really great. It felt like jungle boy had every move, uh, that he had available to him. He used in this match and MJF used every dirty trick that he could think of during this match to get the win. And it ended up being a really cool finish with that, like roll up, but then MJF kind of doesn't have his shoulder on the ground. I don't know how to describe it really that well over audio, but, um, that's where it was, I was really cool finish. I thought jungle boy was winning it just the way they were selling the whole thing. And the, you know, it, it, cause it was classical school match. I was like, 
all right, here it comes, right? And mm-hmm. then just right. Well, and let's fast forward again. Now on Dynamite, they did a battle royal to see uh, who would be the first challenger for the TNT Championship, and Jungle Boy wins. So I thought that was a really great way to reward him for having such a good match at Double or Nothing. I still think, even though I wanted Jungle Boy to win, uh, MJF winning still is good. You know, like it, it further. Yeah, you can't have him go on like an undefeated streak like this and then have him lose to Jungle Boy. If if you're gonna do something with them, which it seems like well, well yeah, right? yeah, and just in the first match, right? Like if they're doing a trilogy, okay, maybe the second match, Jungle right. Boy gets them, you know, something like that. But yeah, uh, I, I think in retrospect, MJF winning was was really good uh, for both guys, and then yeah, Jungle Boy doesn't get lost in the shuffle because now he's going to be the first challenger for the TNT Championship next week. So uh, all 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 parties win in this match uh, for the week. Um, so yeah, really happy with it. Speaking of that TNT championship, that beauty, that um, that amazing piece of hardware they've got. And, you know, they said, uh, well, it's not finished, but I saw a draw up from the guy who's making it. Uh, uh, what he put out, it's not going to look much different, to be honest with you. It still looks really dumb, but whatever. That part's a miss for me, that gigantic TNT. Like, I feel like that's even to be changed later they're going to change that title later or something like you know what i mean like it still looks like a placeholder um but cody defeated lance archer uh they had arn anderson and jake roberts um tournament final for the inaugural aw tnt championship mike tyson of course um we both uh, thought cody was going to win this because of course it's the tnt championship they're going to take it on tnt on the night shows right uh they're gonna they're gonna pimp this thing right <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. And, and this is th- this was a miss for me. Now, maybe if there's a crowd there and Cody can play into, you know, some of those classic matches he had with Nick Aldis or Dustin Rhodes, uh, you know, then maybe this match feels a little different, but it was clunky. Uh, here's the thing. Let's just get right into it, because this is where my criticism, my first real criticism of TNT comes in. Or excuse me, not TNT, but of uh, AEW. Mike Tyson, I get it, right? You say Mike Tyson, that's going to move the needle a little bit. You know, it's going to get you traction on ESPN, uh, Yahoo Sports, uh, The Athletic, all of those places, right? And and good, right? Because sometimes that's what you need is to make a splash. Cool. If you're going to do that, though, we need to coach Mike Tyson a little bit more. Now, if you go back to WrestleMania 14, which is that iconic moment where, you know, he turns on DX to then side with Shawn Michaels or excuse me, with Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you, you know, rewatch that, it, that was clunky too, right? Like Mike Tyson has never been a graceful participant in pro wrestling. So oh, I'm not never. expecting him, right? I'm not expecting him to you know, become, I mean, well, right. But may, that's some of his appeal. But as far as like in the ring and making sure his spots are good, He's just clunky and and I'm, and I'm forgiving that a little bit, right? Cause that end was a little weird where he well, takes off his art. shirt. I mean, it's an art. So when you don't do it and you're, you know what I mean? If you, if your guy doesn't take things seriously, uh, you well, know. and that's the thing, right? Cause you, you know, some of the producing of, of this, uh, double or nothing pay-per-view wasn't great and it still hasn't been great from dynamite. I don't know who needs to maybe get a kick in the ass to get this a little tightened up, but yeah, the shots of, going to Mike Tyson and he's yawning yeah. or going to Mike Tyson and he's not looking at the ring. Like those things 
isn't necessarily his fault, but we also have to have some type of earpiece well, in where it's like, we're coming to you, Mike. And then he well, can, I don't look know at what the... they're dealing with in the truck. Right. But I know from television production, like they should have a monitor of every single camera they've got. So oh, they, they definitely do. Yeah. Before mm-hmm. they go, well, you know, I mean, I guess I could somewhat see where they've got something where they've got a switch or they've got like a little mini screen with four on them. Right. And so maybe, you know, some guy is just failing to check and they're like, cut to four, you know, without looking at four, Right. Like look at four before you cut the four. Right. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what. Yeah. What number yeah, it is. Right. So, but like, yeah. Like, how do you get him yawning on the TV? Like, it's not like it's live, but you have people there that aren't going to, you know, what I mean, like boo you if you fucking like make a scene to get away from something. Right. Like, uh, you know, the people are on the take. Everybody there's on the take. Right. Like, right. Uh, you know, like fucking watch the, you put a fucking a fucking minute delay on it who's gonna know like just or yeah or just have a earpiece in mike tyson's ear and just say we're coming to you look like it like an animal okay you know and then three two one yeah look at the ring and act cool not the way you don't act like you (laughs) yeah so it was it was really clunky i i didn't it wasn't bad i will say this the double or nothing portion of mike tyson was a solid c now let's fast forward to to dynamite here's my problem again i i I get it sometimes you need to make a splash in other avenues to get some attention so you bring in mike tyson yeah the jericho tyson but then yeah yeah so tyson comes out with rashad evans vitor belfour henry cejudo who's probably the greatest combat sport athlete of all time but is obviously the smallest guy and anyone that's looking in that ring and just it, what are we doing? Tyson's taking off his shirt, but can't fully rip it off, which, you know, shit we'll happens. Just give it up. Like he's, yeah. He's but then he's like flexing kind of half ass in front of Jericho. So then Jericho gets a little confused and then Rashad Evans and Vitor Belfort kind of just are looking around. And then whoever that white guy was with the fucking black shit painted underneath his eyes, Fuck that guy. I don't know who that was. Uh, That was distracting. And it just was a clunky piece of shit. And it just feels like, you know, I I mentioned earlier, FTR made their debut. And now we're doing Tyson uh, in AEW. Stop feeling like, and again, I'm giving you benefit of the doubt here, but hear me out. You're starting to feel a little bit like TNA. Remember when we did Rampage and Tito Ortiz, and then we had just any tag team or any singles wrestler that left WWE that would just jump ship to TNA? Stop, like, enhance, invest more in the MJFs and the Jungle Boys than bringing in FTR or uh, um, Zack Ryder or, you know, all these. Like, I want to okay. see new people. <laughs> that said, the FTR thing, I get it. Like we all knew that was coming, and like, and I mean, not like coming when it came, but like we knew eventually these people are coming to AW. Like they've they've been building this for years. Um, but and I thought everything they wrote for that spot was great, right? Like the way they showed up, the way they did the like, oh no, we're gonna take these guys, and the, no, we're still not here for you, right? And the back turns and all that, but like it was same thing. It was a bit clunky, right? Timing was off at times. So it made it be like, ah, now it's like, it's okay to be over scripted. If you hit it, right? Like you gotta fucking hit it. You guys have better practice that, practice that, practice that. And you gotta hit it. Um, which I just don't think they did. And so it fell flat for me, which already is a bit of the problem with, you know, the formerly known as the revival. Right. 
kind of that way. So I'm not sure it's going to go off as well. I mean, to the indie nerds that have been waiting for it is a little bit of a nostalgia. You know what I mean? Nah, that's what I'm looking for. Novelty. But I don't know yeah. if it's going to go well. Well, my point that, I, that I'm trying to make, though, is I don't want... This is what I don't want to see in AEW in six months. Let's just fast forward to six months, right? Yeah, right. Whatever their signature yeah, right. fall pay-per-view is. I don't want to see Chael Sonnen coming over mm-hmm. in a match with Jake Hager. And then the undercard is Rusev and Zack Ryder versus MJF and Wardlow. Heath like Slater, you get what I'm saying? Like, hell else got, right? yeah, I don't want to just see recycled WWE guys that look, Zack Ryder was awesome in 2010, and I'm not saying he can't be awesome in 2020, but what I am saying is as a viewer of a new promotion, I want to see new stars. So let me see more of Marco Stunt or Sonny Kiss. The cool guys that we get behind went and made their own story. It wasn't like, oh, I got fired, but now there's a new company that will take me, so now I'm cool. No, Cody said, fuck this, I'm out. And went and made a name for himself around, and, and we kept having to hear like, "Hey, he's doing some cool shit." Uh, uh, Moxley held out and gave them the finger for six fucking months, and did whatever bullshit they force fed him, right? And took it all, and then fucking went and blasted them all, uh, <laughs> and, and sold them out for being just fucking chumps. Uh, and then we were like, "All right, this guy's pretty badass, right?" So like that—that's why we follow those guys, right? And that's the reason why we didn't follow those guys to Impact because they just showed up and went, "Wah." And we're like, okay, right. well, I mean, yeah. yeah, you're right, but, like, you just got fired. Like, it's not like you fucking said, I ah, fuck this, I'm out of here. Uh, yeah, you know? I, I just want to see, I just want to see AEW show me uh, new, new. I want to see Britt Baker. I want to see Sonny Kiss. I want to see Austin Gunn. I want to see MJF. I want to see Wardlow. I don't necessarily want to see a card full of John Moxley and Rusev. Well, that's it. If and I'm being honest, the Good Brothers. John Moxley is probably one of the least favorite of of the like characters I've got for the same reason that the Dean Ambrose thing started to fall flat. It was like, okay, this is it, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this yeah. is what it is. Uh, at least yeah. Brody Lee's got a whole new thing, right? Like, at least he's not exactly. anything like Luke Harper. So, I mean, eh, right. yeah, 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 you know. Until, I know what uh, you're okay, saying, but yeah. yeah. All right, so let's get into the next match. Uh, after the TNT Championship, which Cody won, uh, we both picked Cody, so we're 2-2. Uh, we had a very, very quick match. Uh, Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears. Uh, here's what I have as my notes. We're 3-2 because I had MJF, by the way. Oh, that's right. You had yep. MJF and I had Jungle Boy, so 3-2, yep. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, uh, I wrote here, this was my notes for Dustin versus uh, Sean Spears. Spears ass and totally on his trunks. Enough said laugh emoji. <laughs> like that was, that was the whole thing, right? I thought it was great how he's like, count to 10. This guy's not showing up. And then Brandy sh- shows up, says, look behind you. It was very classic wrestling and that was fine. But yeah, the totally on his crotch. I thought that was the part where I was like, oh, so they have a special relationship. Okay. All right. I what? like it. You know, <laughs> like fine. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was fun. And no one surprised me. I mean, we both said Sean Spears here. Um, and I, I honestly, uh, you know, it was cool. That was one of the shocking things. I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, again, Dustin Rhodes can go. I don't mind him in spots like this. You know what I mean? Like if they continue this and then Sean Spears gets one over, you know, eventually like has to, you know, figure out a little more heelish ways to go about or something like that, I think would be good, you know? Um, so yeah, it didn't bother me at all. 
to to fast forward because we're going to do this jumping back and forth. Did you catch when Cody was giving his promo uh, as TNT champion and he gave a, an open challenge starting, I guess, in two weeks because next week he has to take on Jungle Boy. Uh, did you catch they would go to the crowd and QT Marshall was so distracted, not even looking at Cody and Brandy and Dustin were like, hey, nudging him, like pay attention yeah. to Cody. <laughs> and QT Marshall was talking to uh, the bunny. I don't know what her name is now. I guess it's the bunny because it's the bunny, the butcher and the blade. Right, yeah, but yeah. he was distracted by her. Hopefully there's some tension there, right? The nightmare family has some dissension because QT Marshall wants to, you know, lead his own path. I thought that was interesting. And I also thought it was interesting uh, for the battle Royal that led to jungle boy becoming the, the number one contender. If you caught, uh, if you caught this, so Billy Gunn eliminates Colt Cabana, right? Just throws him out of the ring. And this is one of the things that WWE just, they'll be late to, they'll do this in, in September if we still can't have crowds. Uh, but Colt Cabana gets eliminated. He's pissed. He's upset. That one jack off from the Dark Order comes off, comes over and goes, join the Dark Order and hands him a flyer. And if you notice, Colt Cabana doesn't throw that flyer away. He folds it up and he keeps it. And I was like, this is the next evolution of having wrestlers in the crowd is now they're interjecting themselves into this. Not oh. just a punch or a kick, but like, Dude, I think join they the Dark should Order. have a wrestler section now that I've seen this. Like, I yeah. think they should have a wrestler section at every fucking crowd. Yeah, I think like, the wrestlers yeah. should be out there watching. That we know, we know the wrestlers watch each other's matches, right? Like, sit mm-hmm. them out there. Maybe you know what I mean. Like, you can't always have everyone out there because people got to be getting ready, and they're not going to want to sit out there for hours. They've got to get in the right headspace. But like, you've got folks that are there to be in case somebody goes down and need to be filling. Put those people out in the crowd. Yeah, but I just also I totally agree. But what I liked about uh, both of these segments. Uh, that I was describing is it was furthering stories or starting stories yes. that don't need a backstage segment where, you know, pretty girl or, you know, generic guy interviews wrestler. And then another generic wrestler walks into the interview. Like that's so ugh, st- like, it's so, st- it's so formulaic. This was interesting. Colt Cabana upset that he just got eliminated. He's at his what? most vulnerable. When would he join the dark order hey, yeah, at his most vulnerable? Cool. What would Colt Cabana in the Dark Order look like? Have we seen that? Like, we no. haven't seen Colt Cabana in a heel, eh, right? I mean, yeah. he maybe played heel, right, as Colt Cabana, but he still plays that, like, goofball Colt Cabana, right. you know? Yeah, so we'll see. And now next week, uh, as a digital exclusive, after Dynamite was over, Jericho was still looking for Tyson, and as he's, you know, being... Uh, pushed around kind of by security and referees. He bumps into Colt Cabana. He's like, Colt, this is all your fault. I would have knocked him out if you didn't get in my way. And so next week on Dynamite, we're going to have Colt Cabana versus Chris Jericho, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, But we'll see where that Dark Order thing goes into uh, because, yeah, he held on to that flyer. But anyhow, uh, I I got a little distracted. Uh, Going back, Sean Spears, Dustin, uh, we both picked Sean Spears, so we're wrong. So it's 3-2 Tim. What was yeah. next? Uh, well, we also missed. Uh, they had to fill in because Britt Baker was injured, right? Uh, Chris Statlander defeated Penelope Yeah, Ford. but we. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't, we didn't pick that. that because we. Didn't I don't know even. What it I don't like. I, if I'm honest, I I didn't watch this match completely. 
Um, oh, there's a, a Statlander one. Penelope yeah, Ford. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I just, you know, what I mean, like, I, I, like, I think I got up, went to the bathroom. You know, what I mean, like, I don't remember really watching this match. Um, so after the Rhodes, uh, Sean Spears, uh, Hikaru Shida defeated Nyla Rose, which was a surprise. We both said Nyla Rose on this one. Um, what'd you think? Man, what a physical match! It felt yeah. like they said, "Hey, before all the craziness happens after us." Let's pick the spots that we know that they're not going to do, and let's do those, right? So it was a power bomb through a, a casino table. It was throw one of them into all the chips. It was just a physical fucking match, and uh, I liked it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really fun. Uh, Sheeta, I'm not too familiar with. Everything I've seen on AEW, I like. Um, Nyla Rose though, I still think is a little bit more fun for me to watch. I like her promos. I like her vibe. I like how, uh, it makes the, the old guard of, of wrestling, a uh, little squirmy yeah. and uncomfortable. That makes me just, I enjoy that part of yes. that, but that's, that's peeling back behind the curtain just for what I see. I, I prefer Nyla Rose as the heel champion than Sheeta, but we'll see, right? Cause I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, but it was good. It was really physical, and, and uh, it was a really cool finish. I, I, I like this match a lot. Yeah, I did too for the same exact reasons. Um, and and I agree with your take on Nyla Rose. Like I, she's just fun to watch. Um, she's good. She's good at what she does. Um, so it'll be interesting. Sheeta going forward. I mean, and typically, I mean, I, we don't know yet with AEW, but I don't get the feeling that like they won't necessarily shy away from. Hey, man. You, you had, you know, you didn't get a successful defense, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, who knows? We'll see. Uh, so maybe she has it for a while. Maybe she doesn't. What do you, any thoughts on that? I think, I think she's going to be someone that they're going to build the division around. I think initially when you form, you know, formatted the, the women's division, you probably saw Britt Baker as that ultimate baby face, but I don't know. Keep telling everyone you're a dentist that kind of rub people the wrong way. a la Kurt angle with the Olympic gold medal. Right. So then she goes heel. And so you have this void of, we need a baby face here that can be physical with Nyla Rose that can look great on posters and, you know, show that she's a champion as far as, you know, just the presence and stature and that believability. And so I think she fills that role perfectly. Uh, so I, you know, she may lose it, you know, to Nyla Rose in two months or whatever it is. Uh, but I do think she's going to be one of the, the girls that the women's division is built around. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Britt Baker, if we can fast forward then to the dynamite, that was awesome. Uh, role whole, model. Yes. R O L L. Yeah. But just the whole presentation and like the, the, what is the other girl's name? <laughs> Well, um, it's Rebel, but she keeps on calling her Reba. Yeah, when she was like, flip it, Reba. <laughs> it's, her name's Rebel. <laughs> yeah, she is great. And just her and Tony Schiavone, which is so weird. I don't get it because Tony Schiavone like, is wanting to impress her so badly, it feels like, and like follow the orders of Britt Baker. But Britt Baker treats him like shit, and he just takes it. And why? And it's just, yeah, the whole You're thing right. with Britt Baker is so good. It's so good. Um, I like, yeah, I, I'm really sad that she's injured because I hope – it's not for as long as people are saying. Now she said she's going to be back by all out. Which so is we'll when? see. That's like the end of summer, right? 
I think that's September, if if memory serves me correct. Um, but yeah, I need her on TV. I throw her in there again. This might be a hot take or a controversial take, and because I know a couple of weeks ago you said you were it was growing on you, but just my personal preference. Let's get Jim Ross out of the damn booth and put Britt Baker in there and have Britt Baker be that heel. Like, ha- have we ever oh, you heard? Can get rid of Jim Ross. Yeah. Oh, I agree. God. Get rid of Ross. But well, and again, back to my criticism from a couple weeks ago, and it's very small, but all three guys do the same thing. They're all describing a move. I need something else. So I think it would be a cool revolutionary idea for this interim time period while Britt Baker heals up. You know, we always have had a heel announcer on in a booth, you know, but I can't think because Renee Young was a baby face when she was an announcer. I can't think of a heel female announcer doing color commentary during a, right. a pro wrestling show. So Did I would want that. do it. Not that I can. Rem- I mean, yeah, maybe on Sunday Night Heat, but I'm saying something of substance like, you know, their A shows, the Raw, the Smackdown. Well, right. And, like and running for a long period of time. Right. Um, yeah. So that's what I, I agree. Want. Why not? I mean, why not? Yeah, you're right. I, you know, but I, they're probably contractually obligated to Jim Ross for who the hell knows. Right. Um, so I feel like well, they then get rid of Excalibur. Move, they would probably yeah. move Shivani or Caliber to another role for the time being. But even that fine, whatever. Like Excalibur yeah. interviewing would be just fine. You know what I mean? Shivani too. That's Shivani's like, he's better there. I mean, he is fun to like, because you can just tell he loves it is why one of his endearing mm-hmm. things. Um, mm-hmm. But that, that's fine as a backstage reporter too. I mean, they do enough of those, right? Yeah. Get rid of, I mean, Hey, I'm not in favor right now during this coronavirus for anyone to lose their job. But if Alex Marvez never was on TV again, I wouldn't be upset. Yeah. Get him out of there and put one of those guys. Cause again, and I don't want to harp on this point, but I feel like this is what happens, right? Uh, Cody body slams MJF. That's the move, right? And Excalibur says a huge body slam from Cody. And then Tony Schiavone follows that up with a lot of offensive action from Cody. And then Jim Ross says a body slam that, you know, reminds me of his father. And it's like, you all three said the same fucking thing. Like yeah. I stop, you know? So anyhow, but let's move on. I don't want to harp too long. Uh, what did we have after the women's match? All right. We had the world championship match. Mr. Brody Lee uh, losing his bid for the championship uh, and, and thus retaining his title was John. Actually, I'm so glad we don't have to listen to him right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, I pricked this one right. You did not. Uh, we're at four to two. Um Oof. What'd you think though? The match was good. I like, yeah, the match was solid, uh, going into the finish. Right. I thought again, kind of like what, uh, the women's title match was, it was, all right, the women are going to use, you know, prop a, B and C. So we're going to use prop, you know, E F and G and, and that's what they did. It felt like, and it was physical and it was hard hitting, uh, and it was good, but that finish, I really, really enjoyed the finish because it made Brody Lee, in my opinion, look as strong as anyone has in defeat other than maybe, and I'm being maybe a little bit top shelf here, but I can't remember someone looking as strong in a defeat since stone cold against Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. Cause it took a, uh, paradigm shift through the fucking stage. a la bam, bam, Bigelow Taz. They climb out of that son of a bitch. He hits him again with another 
uh, paradigm shift, kick out at one, hits him with the third paradigm shift, if I, if I can count correctly, counts out at two. And so, bro, you know, John Moxley's like, I got to choke this motherfucker out because I can't pin him. Right. And I thought, like, that's insane. That's a really great way to win. And you still look like a badass. Like, it's not a cheap roll up. But the heel or the loser uh, in this case still looks strong as shit. Like you couldn't pin him. It was almost like you may need to do a last man standing if you want to continue this feud because this motherfucker ain't dying unless you choke him out. Yeah, um, I agree with all that. I mean, it was just yeah. <laughs> he Moxley is good for that, right? Like because that like I'm gonna just snap and choke this dude out. Uh, that's where he convincingly looked very real, right? I mean, uh, uh, as much as we harp on that's kind of your whole shtick, uh, it worked very well for that finish uh, and kind of the rest of the match. Um, that's where I'd say I'm the biggest fan of Moxley's work is probably his in-ring stuff then at that point, now that he's not as gimmicky when he just kind of gave up in WWE, if you will, and he just mm-hmm. did the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, again, Good. You know, I thought, you know, they're running with Moxley, which was a big name that kind of helped them get notoriety. So, yeah, they've got to kind of let him have a little run. So. Yeah. Now. OK. Now I know we're about an hour in or maybe a little bit under that. Now let's get into the funnest thing of the whole oh wrestling God. week. So then we had the stadium stampede match. This is the elite versus the inner circle. I will let you start. I have a lot of notes. Uh, tell me. Tell the tell the listening audience what you told me offline about your thoughts initially of the stadium stampede. Uh, I said match. this might be the most overall entertaining pro wrestling match I've ever seen. Like when you just like combine everything up as far like entertainment value, this was probably I, I I'm gonna say it is the most entertaining wrestling match I've ever seen. Yeah. Now I will say this because when you said that, it made me examine how I felt because I thoroughly enjoyed this match as well. I think, you know, as a as a hardcore wrestling fan that does a podcast because everyone does a podcast that's a hardcore wrestling fan, you know, one of those guys, the Bray Wyatt John Cena thing was still a masterpiece. Like, oh, yeah, it was incredible. But I couldn't show my wife John Cena, Bray Wyatt, Firefly Funhouse and her get all of the references. Right. She would just be like, why is it now the NWO? Uh, what is with the puppets? I, you know, and I would have to explain all that stuff. So that was more of like a reward for being a pro wrestling nerd. Right. But the stadium stampede match, hell, you could show that to your you I know, it to my son. mom, da- yeah, it to your my son, son your mom, dad, anyone laughing. Exactly. The second time was equally as hilarious. Yeah. You could show that to anyone and they will get, I hope, thoroughly enjoyment yeah from i rarely had to match. explain a few things i was like hey you know this hat like because you know the, the golf cart thing but it stood alone like you know what i mean it, you know like yeah it, you, you didn't even have to know the backstories yeah. right and it was so great so let's just get into some of our favorite moments i'll start with mine i thought since it's on a football field to have introductions was so, so smart. The damn Jacksonville Jags cheerleaders were out there. I thought each of them having, yeah, the pyro, like they were literally being introduced. (laughs) Yeah. They were literally being introduced as if it was the Super Bowl. I thought that was a perfect way to start this whole match air quotes match. So I thought that was great. Um, what did you like from the very start of this spectacle? I'd say the two things that stuck out in my mind the moment were 
um hangman page showing up you know on the horse <laughs> and then uh you know taking off after um uh sammy yeah sammy and then um uh my favorite part though the part where i popped the hardest was uh when they were doing the matt hardy bit in the pool and at the end like he's laying there dead i'm like did they just kill matt hardy and he goes yeah he's dead and i was just like oh my god he killed matt well so yeah so yeah hangman page coming out on a horse you, you know for longtime listeners uh, uh of this show you guys know uh you guys and girls know I'm not much of the cowboy, you know, let's yeah. put on the boots and the wranglers. But when he came out on the horse, I legitimately verbatim said, Oh, it's some cowboy shit. Cause it's <laughs> like hangman page is just that guy for me. You know, it's a lot like stone cold, Steve Austin, where it's like, yeah, that's that motherfucker. Like I can't explain yeah. it, but I like him and I want to see more of him. So yeah, the horse was great. My favorite moment, if we're fast forwarding to uh, the the Matt Hardy reincarnation into six (laughs) different version ones, uh, Team Extreme, all that. My favorite part, though, was before that when Santana and Hardy are fighting in the pool and Santana says, Ortiz, get in here. And Ortiz goes, I can't swim. (laughs) He says, it's three feet. He goes, I can't swim. And so he still gets into the pool. But if you notice, he puts his back to the pool and he walks down each rung. Climb down the, yeah. Um, Well, I love, he's like, don't be a potato. (laughs) The whole thing. Um, Hager, bar drug man like a goddamn man across that fucking thing man you know how hard that had to be like he was streaking him across that bar top they didn't gimmick that up at all they didn't put down no baby powder or nothing he drug his sweaty ass across that whole entire bar and then tossed him off the end of it yeah and going right yeah and going right before that i love that old western i'm sitting here at a bar Mm -hmm. i know what we're gonna do but you want to drink you know like that whole Cool. Yeah, like just like gentlemen like all right we're gonna do this, this yeah that throwback to john wayne again cowboy shit uh i thought that was so much fun uh and then yeah dragging them all through the the front of the bar uh it was really good really good and then even though you know here here it is you want you might want to mark this down this is my first compliment of the young bucks i think i've ever had on this podcast but matt jackson Doing the the uh, uh, I don't even know what the hell that move is called the uh, the suplexes a hundred yards yeah, down yeah. the field I thought that was great I thought that was perfect because I was like oh they're starting in the end zone always to the twenty yard line yeah. this son of a bitch is gonna go the whole field and yeah. you know they cut to other things so it didn't get too repetitive uh, but yeah I thought that was awesome what a cool spot for. For someone who I honestly don't like, I I, I didn't pop, but uh, well, I was and I love the- that he got flagged for excessive celebration for his nerdy celebration too. <laughs> yeah, he danced like Alex Wright, you know. And again, that's a in you know that's an indie or not an indie, but like a, a insider a, a term yeah. a insider term, you know. Like you'd have to know who Alex Wright is, which who remembers Alex Wright if you're a casual fan. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was great. I thought uh, Jericho uh, referencing back to the. Um, Wicked Witch putting the the cone back on his head and doing the. I love when he like trying to put him in the mister. <laughs> yeah, uh, the challenging the call was another. 
Yeah, and they actually went into the booth. They're like, I challenge it. And they went in there. Uh, And then Jericho doing the Judas effect to the damn Jags uh, mascot. That was something I never expected to happen. Yeah, I thought it was was so much fun. We get to the finish, though. Uh, Kenny Omega does his uh, finisher from... God knows where through oh, fucking geez, so a big, bunch yeah. of shit on Sammy Guevara and Sammy. What a great, I mean, God, he was the MVP for me. Cause oh, he was I the mean, butt of the I, joke the whole time. Like he took yeah. a sprinkler to the balls. I mean. Yeah. Now hangman page was my guy, right? Like if I'm saying who I enjoyed the most, it's cause hangman page is my guy. He was number one, but Sammy, yeah. Getting chase. Like you said, uh, with the golf cart and then the sprinkler and then uh, taking that finish from Kenny Omega. He did such great work. Oh, another fun thing that I thought was uh, after Jericho, I, th- I think he went through a table. I think uh, Nick Jackson put him through a table, but he was he was down on the ground. And Hangman Page did the uh, the chalk outline through, through his body when he yeah, walked and yes. he put the spray through it. I thought that was perfect. Um, yeah, I, this whole match, a 12 out of 10. I can't. I would I would show this to anyone who's like, what's wrestling up to these days? I'd be like, it's this right here. It was so I kinda wanna show so much fun. She's not gonna, she hates it. She hates it. No, I well, bet I you she won't. I, I bet you she won't. We should do like She's a captive audience thing. We should do a captive audience well, I can video. Just record her. I'll like have her like I'll put us on the green screen like uh, like some of the videos I was testing out. Yeah. We and should do a captive audience stealing from Sam Roberts. Um where your wife has to watch the stadium stampede match and just, just get an instant reaction. Cause Emily watched it and you know, she's, she knows the stuff cause I won't shut up about it. And she even giggled a couple of times. So I will say if, if a, if a hardened casual forced wrestling fan of Emily can enjoy the match, I think anyone can. So yeah, I think your wife would love this match. I think anyone would love this match. If you're not a, you know, black hearted asshole, <laughs> uh it was so fun um you got this one right you said the elite was gonna win uh but you were already too far behind uh and i won four to three in our inaugural uh whatever challenges they may not be the same punishments each time but uh uh you know this was fun um i enjoyed kicking your ass um yeah yeah, yeah. it made the you know way better. yeah way back when we did the first round of these picks when it was just wwe i used to kick the shit out of you because you used to think that yeah. every every pay-per-view was a john cena heel turn and now i can't win i haven't won <laughs> one of these things since you know the cold war and uh, well, you're thinking too hard right so with wwe you kept trying to give hope and i was like no yeah. man i i figured out i was like i was like oh my hope is de-. like i figured that out quickly and then you kept trying to like piece and like no i think they're gonna do this and it was like oh no they don't do things anymore uh <laughs> so uh and now we just don't know right i think i just got lucky here you know yeah so all right let's workshop this on air because that's what we like to do with our listening audience so we are recording this on may 28th uh it's a thursday night 9 13 according to my watch central standard time Same. tim let's say Saturday, okay, which would be Saturday. the 30th. Yes, May 30th. Do you yeah. want me to serve my punishment on Saturday? Okay, that'll that'll work. What time are you thinking? 
Okay, so I've got to do this bomb saucer, da bomb. I I hate saying it because it sounds like a stupid inbred, but uh, da bomb sauce. It's going to be hot. I know. I've seen all the reactions from the celebrities. I'm going to need some time to recover. I don't want to do it the first thing in the morning because that will just ruin my entire day. But I can't do it late at night because then I won't sleep. I'm thinking around lunchtime. What's your schedule like uh, during, you know, the noon hour, one o'clock hour. Um, I think the one something somewhere around there. We can we can workshop that off. off air. We'll but workshop yeah, a, a, yeah, a specific good. time. So for the listening audience, look for some type of video that will be across all of our social media platforms: Twitter at Table Show, uh, Spanish Announce Table on Facebook, Tweet the Table on uh, Instagram. Uh, look for. Saturday afternoon evening because there might need to be some editing because I might just cry myself to death. Um, well, we might have to do a follow up video from the hospital, you know. Yes, you're right. So, uh, if you're listening to this before Saturday uh, evening uh, or at Saturday evening, look for our uh, for our video where I will serve my punishment. Uh, I'm, I've got the chips ready. I know it's a, it's a hot sauce and you see the hot sauce on the show on wings, but I'm not going to buy wings just to do one. Right. And so, um, and I don't want a different sauce. Uh, so I have chips ready. I will put them on, I will put the sauce on some chips and suffer because jungle boy lost. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's kind of it, huh? You would have, you would have won. Yep. Any, any of them. Yeah, that's that, that's yep. Well, you knew that. Damn see, it. yeah, you should. You don't bet against uh, MJF because he's better than you, and you know it. And I know it. Yeah. Now well, I definitely you, will. Now you will know it. Yeah. Now you will remember. So uh, let's see what else should what happened this week. NXT happened. There was a pretty cool match on there. Let's get into that. Yeah. So. Uh, again, double or nothing was a spectacular performance of pro wrestling. Um, I loved it from start to finish ladder match to stampede and everything in between a plus in my book. But I will say going to the Wednesday night wars, I preferred of everything that I saw the Mike Tyson altercation, the battle Royal, um, the Keith Lee and Johnny Gargano, all of that stuff. My favorite thing from, the Wednesday night wars and even including Monday night raw in this as well, uh, was the, the fight pit between Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. So if you haven't seen this, or if you don't remember, um, actually, uh, taking a step back, if you do remember a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, I don't remember cause I get hit in the head a lot. Uh, I said that this match should be like the lion's den match with, uh, Ken Shamrock and Owen Hart. And by God, it looked exactly like it. Now, a little bit structurally different, but as far as like a platform on top, the ring below and cage around it, it was awesome. This match was so cool. It was my favorite moment of, again, the Wednesday night and Monday night wrestling uh, content. Uh, Timothy Thatcher won by rear naked choke. It was hard hitting. You had Matt Riddle do this crazy flip from the top. Uh, they stole a spot from a UFC fight, a recent UFC fight. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, there was a match uh, two weeks ago, three, three weeks ago, maybe. Uh, 
Anthony Smith versus Glover Teixeira. And in the fourth round, uh, Anthony Smith's teeth falls out. He three of his teeth fall out and he picks them up and hands it over to the ref. Jason Herzog. He's like, my teeth fell out here. Take this please. And Jason Herzog takes it fast forward to this pro wrestling match between uh, Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. And right from the jump, uh, Matt Riddle hits him with the strike and a couple of his teeth fall out and he hands it to Kurt Angle. And then they go to the doctor. He's like, he can continue. So I liked how they paid homage to, um, that Anthony Smith Glover to share a uh, spot. I, I thought this was really cool. It was so much fun. Yeah. Um, I, I, I liked it a lot for that. Like the reasons you said there too, right? It is hard hitting. I've, I've said this too, where if they want to get, there are some MMA fans who aren't, you know, don't look down on pro wrestling and spin on it and, and like it. But um, I think if you added a little more, of the aspects that might draw them in some things like this, give it more of a look, get some of these guys who can work like that, um, which Thatcher seems like that's what he's going to continue doing. Kind of being that, like, what are you going to do about it? Heal, right? Like I'll just stretch you, you know, like tough, tough deal with it. Um, as riddle maybe moves on. Um, yeah. Rumors. So, yeah. yeah. Rumors are that he's going to smack down. And the reason he's going to smack down and not raw is because Brock Lesnar hates him. And so Brock Lesnar gets what he wants. Uh, and SmackDown's without uh, Roman Reigns, so that's why AJ went over there and Matt Riddle. You're just trying to add some star power. I like that move. Uh, but with Timothy Thatcher, he's going to fill that role of believability, obviously not to the same extent as Matt Riddle because we actually have footage of Matt Riddle whipping people's ass in the UFC and other promotions. But Timothy Thatcher has that no-nonsense, I'm going to you know kick you in the mouth, punch you in the gut just because I can. And I, I like him. I, I liked him in Evolve. Uh, I liked him on the independent circuit. I think where I'm already looking forward to once hopefully travel uh, can go back to how it was and, you know, the world can get back to normal. I'm normal, looking Tom. for, yeah, the new normal. But I'm just hoping for, you know, travel of international wrestlers to the performance center and other places. But I'm looking forward to right from the jump after this match. I want to see Walter versus Timothy Thatcher. That's the match I want to see. Those are two hard hitting motherfuckers who don't give a shit. That was like as soon as he choked out Matt Riddle, I was like, oh, so we're pushing Timothy Thatcher. I just went, well, he has to go into this like rogue, you know, Wolverine type character and have him take on the stable of uh of Imperium and have him finally, finally beat the, the big boss in, uh, in Walter. That's what I want to see. But again, that's, we have to get to a lot of different steps, but that's the fantasy match I want to see in NXT. I, I, I can't wait for that if it happens. Yeah, that will be pretty fucking badass. I didn't even consider that. That's going to be amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, NXT, that was largely, that really stuck with me the Gargano spot with, them. Um, uh, you know, the Keith Lee and, and me Yim stuff was fun. But outside of that, I mean, it's pretty standard. Uh, I mean, again, not bad. Uh, you know, NXT, I feel like that's been a lot lately for, with me for NXT. Is, eh, not bad. You know, like, not bad. This is decent. And, you know, there's a good spot in there somewhere. And I, will, I think that's why yeah, AEW is getting the edge. Yeah. I, yeah. As far as week to week, AEW is still the superior show as far as for me. Uh, but I will say a, a, a kudo to Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher in the sense of that was a match that just continued with action. And I actually wanted more like when the finish happened, I was like, oh, man, that's it. Like 
and that I mean that in a good way, not like, oh, it was a four second match and that was it. It was like, no, 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 you guys could have went 10 more minutes and I would have been thoroughly entertained. So uh, I, d- I will say that as a, as a, uh, as a um, compliment to, to the matches, they left me wanting more. So if Matt Riddle, for whatever reason, you know, the, these whole rumors and last second changes, he doesn't go to SmackDown and he stays on NXT, run that shit back. You know what I mean? Let's do a last man standing or something else. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that was my favorite, uh, match from the Wednesday night, uh, war as you want to call it, uh, or as they want to call it. Uh, it was really, really good. What else did you like though in pro wrestling? Anything else catch your eye? Yeah. Let's see. I took some notes here. Um, is MVP starting the new nation that you've been asking for? So no, remember I wanted the new Harlem heat. I want yeah. Harlem Heat, right? I feel like you've asked for the New Nation at some point. Oh, trust me. Look, I've asked for the New Nation as well. But what I really want is the new yes. Harlem Heat. Yeah. And it's not because I really want the Harlem Heat. It's because I want the Harlem Heat song. I want yeah. that song back in my life. <laughs> yes. Um. However, now, um, I thought I was like, so MVP used to been doing the Bobby Lashley thing. And I think it's great, right? Like, I, I like, yes, they did this in, in Impact. But if I'm going to be completely honest, I didn't watch that. So um it's good now and it's better than hardly any if not everything else that they're doing uh, you know a few things maybe um but it, it's good and the chemistry with he and lana is great uh you know the anti-chemistry if you will oh yeah um, and bobby lashley just be sitting there being bobby um i think it's great and then i like how he kind of he took on the uh the um gosh why am i blanking on people's names street profits you know, calling them clowns, like kind of gave them something to think about. Um, and, and I was thinking this too, but, and then I, I started to feel bad too, cause especially with times going on right now, like um, this is prior to everything that kind of kicked off recently in the last couple of days with racial tensions. But I was like, man, I don't want to be racist and just think, oh, the new nation. Cause there's a couple of black guys. Um, but I listened to the busted open podcast uh, and Mark Henry is, you know, one of the hosts on there. And they discussed this very much thing. And he asked him, he was like, would a new nation work now? And he said, yes. He goes, but I think you sell it like MVP saying like, hey, man, we're capitalists. Like, we don't want you to give us the bone. We'll come take the damn bone from you. We just don't want to be, uh, we just don't want to have the cops called on us when we do it. You know what I mean? Like, like that kind of thing. Like, hey, we're just, we're fine taking it ourselves. Just let us fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like, um, which, uh, you know, it could work. MVP is, is like, if he was leading Apollo Crews on his new title run with an edge would be infinitely better than anything Apollo Crews is going to do with his run right now. Yeah. You know I mean? Now if I can jump right. into multiple storylines, but yeah, uh, I agree and I want to see it and I hope it happens, but I kind of feel if you, if you go back, uh, remember, uh, Masa- uh, Oh gosh, dang it. What was his name now? Uh, Oh, Mustafa Ali or whatever. No, 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 no. He choked out. He had a whole group of guys choke out Undertaker, but it was the same week as the London uh, bombings. And it was the, the oh, Muslim the guy. guy, right? Yeah, it was yeah that guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, um, I'm blanking on a name. I don't have a computer in front of me. Anyhow, that guy, when they were going to like, all right, we're going to do something crazy. He we're was gonna good. A, he was good. Yeah, but but we're going to have like a, a, a rogue street uh, team of Muslims beat the shit out of undertaker. And then that shit happened. And so then they stopped it. Right. I kind of almost feel like 
maybe yeah, they were going to go yeah. do something there. And now they're like, well, fuck, we didn't, you know, we're a publicly traded company. We can't really be doing that kind yeah, of shit. Right I now. think you have to leave it unsaid and it can't be, you can't hit them over the head with it. Like it has to be clear. Like, Hey man, I'm taking care of my brothers. If that's a thing, you know what I mean? Like, and you know what I mean? Like, because you know what I mean? You, you can touch on that and say, Hey man, we know we got to fight harder. We got to, you know what I mean? We got to like, I don't think any of that, would necessarily hurt you if you sold it in a i you know i mean i wouldn't even necessarily let them do heel tactics like just let them you know what i mean like you know what breathe I mean? like, and be themselves yeah yeah let it let it breathe let numbers. the the, the you know, storyline just go they basically organic. just their sheer numbers gets them what they do outside of versus like oh you know what i mean we're stealing stuff in the back or we're you know what i mean like coming in Crime and beat time. You behind behind the scenes you know what i mean that kind of stuff no just we're here you can't get away with anything else you know what i mean like you got nowhere to run right that kind of thing now where the storyline could also take a, a fun turn is let's see the tension grow between mvp and lana and maybe if we're wanting to push bobby lashley as the top baby face mvp turns on Bobby Lashley and takes his wife and then Lana and MVP or something, you know, like you could do that. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of fun things that you could potentially do with it. Unfortunately, it's WWE and it's Monday night raw. uh, So probably nothing good will happen. Um, But it was cool for this week. I agree. I liked it. AJ Styles is on SmackDown, which yeah, why not? I mean, you you fired his other guys, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah. And you have more potential fun matches, I think, on SmackDown than you do on Raw for AJ Styles, right? Well, so you have Ray Wyatt, right? Well, yeah, you could definitely do that. You could play into that TNA history and New Japan Pro Wrestling history, Bullet Club. Like if they wanted to, you know, a year from the you know year down the line, do a Firefly Funhouse type match. But just in ring, you have matches with Daniel Bryan, Nakamura, Cesaro. If he ever comes back, Sami Zayn, like. You could AJ Styles and those guys could just have a carousel I feel like of matches. Sami Zayn's going to AEW the first chance he gets. I hope so. I because I, I feel like he does not want to work for the machine. I don't think he likes anything they support. I don't. I think he knows they don't really like him. Other than like, they, I think they like him as a performer, but wish that was all he would be. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know. I hope so. Look, yeah. Sami Zayn being put. I know I just said all all that shit about AEW, <laughs> right? That I want new stars, and I do want new stars. But you guys know, and girls know, longtime listeners, Sami Zayn's my favorite fucking wrestler. If if I'm ranking wrestlers, it's still Sami Zayn number one, everyone else number two, three, all that stuff. Sami Zayn number one, you know, right there. Uh and so, yeah, I want him featured. I, fuck, if Ring of Honor gets a good enough TV deal, have him go to Ring of Honor. I'll watch him there. I just want Sami Zayn to be Sami Zayn, uh, like fucking badass um, that he should be. You won't watch Babyface him. or heel. You won't watch him on ROH. You know why? Why? You won't be able to see him. All right. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't got no lights. All right. <laughs> Seth Rollins continues his Monday Night Messiah um, I like where it's going. I mean, I, I, I'm afraid that there isn't anywhere for it to go, but I like what he's doing just because, again, it's different and he's allowed to kind of get weird. And why not? Yeah, I think this is some of the best work he's done. It reminds me a lot of the straight edge society with CM Punk, where it's yeah. like it's not going to give any, you know, 
they're not going to put any weight or promotional material or, you know, main event storyline behind it, but it's fucking cool. Uh, that's how I felt about straight edge society. And that's how I feel about the Monday night Messiah. I do wish though, you know, speaking frankly, yeah, give him the title, make the Messiah, the champ, make this whole, you know, ministry of darkness, 2020 kind of vibe of his minions of Austin theory and buddy Murphy, and then throw in some more guys, you know, maybe an Apollo Cruz and maybe a Bobby Lashley and MVP, you know, like have those two combined forces and then let's push that shit. That's, that would be cool for me, but you know, what are we going to get? We're going to get in, you know, Seth Rollins takes out another star, but then that guy gets his win back on the next pay-per-view. Which, by the way, we're just going to randomly announce Rey Mysterio's retiring next week. Hey, before we get into this main event match, Rey Mysterio's calling it quits. And now let's get to the main event. Like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, well, hey, that's going to be a total Mark Henry retirement, right? Even so, build it up. It's Rey Mysterio. Yeah, they were just like, well, I think they were trying to say, like, they were worried that meant, like, I think that was a sinking. I think they were trying to give across it, like, oh, no, he, like, he is legit. Like, Rollins did it to him. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of, like, they couldn't, it was hard for them to, you know what I mean, to even say it. And they just. I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll get into this next topic, but you've put 16 fucking weeks, it feels like, into calling this one match between two really good wrestlers, the greatest wrestling match of all time. I feel like you could have done, uh, the greatest cruiserweight of all time retires and done the same type of promotional shit. You know what I mean? Like what the fuck else are you doing? Anyhow, well, let's get into that. The greatest wrestling wrestling match of all time. Randy Orton edge. What do you think? So I keep, I keep struggling with this one because so at first it was laughable because they were like, they were billing it as like a regular wrestling match. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then I get, I was like, okay. So that led them to going, no, it's going to be the greatest wrestling match. And I was like, guys, come on. There's no way. Right. But then I was like, all right. Okay. I have no doubts that these guys, if they sat down and mapped it out, could probably envision drawing out, right? Step-by-step the greatest wrestling match of all time. I don't know that they'll be able to go out there and do it now. If you told me 10 years ago, maybe, but like, yes, I believe these guys know enough and have been around long enough and like could sit down and and with their history and stuff like that, put out like a greatest regular wrestling match. I mean, that's tall order. Right. But like, you know, like they could certainly give it a go. Right. And, and, but not, I just don't know that they could make it happen now, you know? So it feels weird I, that like you're you're hanging them out to dry by keep billing it as such, like in big block fucking letters. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Yeah, well, I don't even think they could do that in their prime because think of, I mean, now I'm not saying they're not good wrestlers. They have classic matches, but all of their well, classic yeah. matches are non-traditional matches, right? What is Edge known for? A ladder match. What is Randy Orton known for as far as a match that you think of with Randy Orton. It's that hardcore match that he had with Mick Foley, right? Like they well, don't, you have... know, what, you know what I think about that? Like, um, remember when he had the series of match with Christian? Yeah, but those were hardcore matches, right? There was they a were, RKO yeah. on steps. You know, it wasn't like a, a drop down, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Randy Orton's the one that's, that's, that's the least here. If, if edge guided it now, the reason I think they could do it now is because they're older now, but that's where I think they jump they, or they missed. You know, the valley here is because 
they needed to be in their physical prime to pull it off. When they were in their physical prime, they don't have their mental, you know what I mean? Like aspects that they have now. Yeah, I think to be completely honest with you, uh, they're doing this whole smoke and mirrors, calling it the greatest wrestling match of all time or ever or whatever it is, because they don't have a fucking story. They're like, we need to get one more match in with these two guys because we need to get to the next thing. But the next thing isn't until SummerSlam. Ain't nobody else working. Well, yeah. So what can we do? Well, just call it that. Well, why? Well, because it'll create controversy because then dorks on their podcast will talk about it and they don't have a storyline. Like they don't have a story those assholes on the Spanish announce table. Right. Um, now, now uh, that's really weird that they were just like, that's like, cause you know what it'll be? That's like you Babe know Ruth be? calling a shot, but we know like the dude can't even get it past the fucking outfield. Like, come on, man. Like, that no, would be no, 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 no. That, that's a, that's a great uh, analogy. Cause I'll go with what they're actually doing. It's Babe Ruth calling a shot. So everyone backs up and then he bunts and runs to first. That's <laughs> what they're doing with this. Like he's they're They're going to have a fucking roll up in three seconds. And Randy Orton's going to hit RKO or something and get a cheap win. That's what they're going uh, to do. He's going to keep it, coming out and be like, I won the greatest wrestling match. Exactly. Ever. And then like, yeah. And it's going to lead to a third match and, yeah. of a last man standing or, yeah. you know, well, there right, he did. But yeah. That he's going to like, he's going to be like, you saw it. I won the greatest wrestling match ever. Right. And like, all he did was give him a fucking Kansas city cunt punt. And- yeah. And then it'll be a submission match. That'll be their third match. So, you know, yeah, that's what they're doing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's Babe Ruth calling a shot. So everyone backs up. And then when everyone backs up, he bunts and then hobbles down to first. I like this. Uh, I like this. I like how we workshopped out. What's, what's happening here? Yeah. Um, Book it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, that's not to discredit. Edge's promo was great. I thought Edge's oh, promo was look, really good. Look, both of these guys are insanely good, but there are 10 wrestlers on that brand that are better at traditional, I hate the word scientific, but at a traditional uh, regular match than they are. Right? There's AJ Styles. There's Nakamura. There's Sami Zayn. There's Cesaro. Fucking there's Cesaro. For Christ's well, sake! Well, now let's I mean, the, to be the greatest wrestling match ever, it would have to have storytelling. So think of like what well, we talk about the greatest wrestling match of all time being the Michaels Undertaker match. Maybe is that yours as well? Yeah, I mean, I like yeah. twenty six better than twenty five, but yeah. yeah. But like, it's the storytelling and it's the built up long term storytelling. That's where I think these guys, like Edge and Randy Orton, might be able to sit down and 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 work out a match that you could say. They gave a go at contending for the greatest wrestling match, right? Like, they gave a shot at, like, building something like that. But I think when they would go out to do it, they're old and a little out of, you know, one of them's a little out of practice. And it would not come off the way they wrote it out, right? Like, that's how I feel, you know what I mean? Um, because, like, you have to, if, if, they're, if they're, unless they know, like, what what we're saying is they're going to do the bunt and swerve, um you can't go into it as these guys like fucking hall of famers and be yeah. like, Hey, we're calling this the greatest wrestling match ever. Uh, you just want to call it out in the fucking ring. Like, like they've got to fucking yeah. try. Right. Nah, it's a bunt. It's a, it's a quick <laughs> it's roll up. A bunt, huh? It's a quick roll up, hold the ropes, something like that. Yeah. It's a, it's a bullshit finish. I, imagine like if they told like, Hey Randy, we're going to call this the greatest wrestling match ever. You got to figure out how to have the greatest wrestling match ever. I feel like that guy would kick shit over in the lobby and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not do doing that. that. Fuck you. Yeah. Have you seen it how hard I've tried the last five years? You motherfucker. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, and it's just like, have you seen me try the last five years? Fuck that Dude, shit. I'm not doing we, that. All right. So not everybody listening right now is going to know what I'm talking about, but one of our loyal listeners uh, forever, uh, Theo, uh, if Randy Orton uh, finds a way and, and him and Edge put out the greatest wrestling match ever and we come on and, and call this the greatest wrestling match ever, like we better check on Theo to make sure he's alive. He might yeah. have a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah, everyone do a do a wellness check on Theo if this is the greatest wrestling match ever. Theo, oh, stay safe, buddy. Um, <laughs> what else, man? Anything else? I mean, I feel like that's all I cared about in wrestling this week. Um, I, you know, excited for uh, what we've got coming down the pike. Yeah, I'm excited for what's coming up. Again, I'm a little bit. Uh, this is the first time in their short history where I'm a little bit pessimistic and I'm not too much optimistic for some of the storytelling from AEW. Uh, in regards to the Mike Tyson, Chris Jericho. Now I'm not saying that week in week out while Mike Tyson is getting in shape for a bare knuckle boxing match or whatever he's doing that Chris Jericho is not going to do awesome segments week in and week out, right? He'll probably get in the hot tub in his uh, leather pants again or something like that. But as far as we're pushing Vitor Belfort and Rashad Evans and Henry Cejudo and Mike Tyson, instead of push pushing Sheeta or, Sunny Kiss or the Librarian or uh you know hell even QT Marshall like I want to see more of those guys than the fighters because I can, I can do that history has showed you that fighters don't do well in pro wrestling except for one and his name was Brock Lesnar well I guess two Matt Riddle but you know what I'm saying Ken Shamrock Ken Shamrock was a pro wrestler before he was a fighter that's what I learned in the book oh. he got into it yeah he got into a he uh, wrestled down in uh the the Carolinas. Uh, with the nasty boys and actually got into a fist fight with both of them. And they sent him to the hospital. They jumped him. Really? This, this book is insane. I'm telling you again, I feel like every week I'm doing a different kind of plug for the shamrock book, but this shamrock book, it starts off with him at 10 years old being chased by a group of kids and he's fearing for his life. Then it goes right into him getting the shit kicked out of him by his first dad, his biological dad, who then just admits like, yeah, I was a piece of shit. Then it goes to a second dad who just, I didn't give a fuck about him. Then he goes to a boy's home and then the adopted dad, that's where he got the name shamrock kind of like wants to sleep in bed with him and stuff. It's fucking nuts. Everything about his life is fucking crazy. But yeah, he does pro wrestling first, then goes into fighting. You know who he has a couple fights against? Mm. Minaro uh, Suzuki. You know, the new Japan pro wrestling asshole, the old guy oh, with the towel around yeah, his head. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they were training partners. They fought uh, a couple shoot fights and then did a couple <laughs> wrestling matches. Yeah. That's those guys nice. started in uh pancreas. That's crazy. Yeah, this book is crazy. Now, I knew a little bit about Suzuki's professional career, but I didn't know about him and Ken Shamrock's like relationship. Yeah, this is awesome. It is awesome. That's cool. Well, yeah, good. Good plug. Good week of wrestling. This was fun. I enjoyed this week of wrestling. Uh, uh, I will remember that stadium stampede for forever. I mean, that was so Stadium fun. stampede for life. Do what? I said stadium stampede for life. Whatever merchandise that has stadium stampede on it, I want it. I want a stadium stampede hat. Just, just, I wanted to say fucking stadium stampede, Jacksonville, Florida, and the date. That's all that I want. They need to do, yeah, they need to do this every year like it's a Super Bowl, like a stadium stampede. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, make this uh, a yearly thing. I love it. Uh, the gimmick might get old. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, God, this was fun, and we'll be back next week for episode 285 of the Spanish Announce Table. The Spanish Announce Table.